a candy that I really like. And I understand that this is a trash candy. I understand this is not good. I understand I'm not going to defend it. Okay? But I uh, like it. So leave me alone. But. Oh, sprees. Chewy sprees. Mm-hmm. So bad for your teeth. Oh, so bad. But I, know, man, I love candy like that, too. It's terrible, trash, garbage candy. Is there good candy, though? Like, is there... Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. There's... there's- no- there's definitely good candy. Like, but it's not like good for... There's no like good for you No, candy. of course. So I don't all... mean like good for you, but I mean like on the hierarchy of candies. There's... there's can, Okay, it's like... I feel like we could all respect a Reese's peanut butter cup. We could all say that's yes. a good candy, right? We could all say... You know, I know this gets kind of tribalistic, right? Um, there's certain candies that... Like, don't ever come at me with an Almond Joy, okay? If, if I love Almond Joy. Get that out of my face. It's disgusting. It's horrible. But there are, certain, there are certain tiers of, of candies that are higher. And I understand and accept that this is a low-tier bottom-shelf candy. Uh, and I like it. I um, I love Sour Patch Kids. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's citric yeah. acid. I think that's what Yeah, that's like. what it is. And yeah. it's so bad for my teeth. And my mm-hmm. teeth, like um, uh, Morgan, she recently went to the dentist. And the dentist was asking about, like, the family's teeth, of course. And he was, she was talking about my teeth and he, she was like, yeah, he needs to go to the dentist. And the dentist was like, does he like like candy, like Sour Patch Kids and stuff? And she was like, oh yeah. And he said, tell him to stop eating those immediately. Yeah. So. Yeah. I had to stop eating like sour Skittles and stuff because like oh, there's yeah. so much citric acid on the outside of those that, you know, it starts to like make the roof of yep. your mouth hurt. And yo, yeah, yeah. Mm. when you brush your teeth. God, it hurts like, so good ah. though. I love it so much. It's trash. <laughs> it's trash candy. Uh, I understand that. Don't judge me. Well, uh, Dipped in Tone Season 2, Episode 3. I think in the first episode we said we we're going to do episodes, and then we said we weren't. So, Yeah, listen, think, you keep track just, at home if you want to. It's fine. We don't need yeah. to keep track. We're not going to be uh, held down by numbers and episode uh, titling, okay? We're just going to do our thing. I think so. The, the, I think the one thing we should never do, and hear me out. This is uh, Is this a hot take? It might be. I don't like when I start a podcast and the first thing you hear is like a, an ad by a sponsor. Yeah, true. I, uh, you know, spoken by the host or whatever. Like I, I understand why I appreciate that, but if I'm going to watch or listen to your thing, it, uh, that is almost an immediate, I'm going to switch. Like I can feel my finger going to uh-huh. the space bar to stop it. No, I get so, it. So yeah, I think, I we should go ahead and establish our policy on ads now. We're pro ads. This is a podcast, right? Yes. I, we're pro ads. We're not big enough yet, I think, for advertisers to, to come our way. But not yet. I really love when podcasts do live ad reads, when it's just the people in the podcast doing the live ad reads. And I think we should adopt that as our official advertising policy. If you are an okay. advertiser that, that wants to advertise on Dipped in Tone, email us. Uh, if it's a good fit, you can send us some copy and then we'll have fun with it we'll do our thing yeah i'm all about it It, do you ever get i'm sure you do seeing as we're both like in the the influencer community of instagram and stuff (laughs) like that um the messages from completely random like unrelated like i've been i have emails and messages on instagram from watch companies Uh clothing companies it's like i i wear a watch but i'm not like you know, I'm not like, oh, look at my expensive watch because it's I, not. And I get emails all the time 
for sponsored videos. Like every yeah. day I get emails from people all over. But not about guitar videos. stuff. Not guitar stuff. Uh, I do get emails about guitar stuff and those I will usually respond to. My most recent one that there was a serious inquiry inquiry because a lot of them are, are just sort of just out of left field, you know, someone. And anyways, Theragun, do you know what that is? No. We have one. We have one because Tilly bought one. It's a it's a thing that somebody in the in the chat here. Also, shout out to our uh, Patreon chat. If you want to watch us in Discord live a week ahead now, you can get early access to the podcast a week ahead. Who'd have thought? Uh, who'd have thunk it, man? Look at us. <laughs> here we are. Uh, but everyone in the chat. So if you're listening later or you're watching on YouTube and we're talking about chat, we're talking to our patrons here. Somebody in the chat, look up a Theragun, post a picture of it. It's this sort of massage gun thing, but it's like a, oh, a physical like a- therapy. Yeah, it's it's sort of violent, actually. I don't like using it. Uh-huh. T- Tilly uses it on her back because she she slipped a few discs, but they emailed me about wanting to sponsor. A th- I was like, I why I would yeah. what's the angle there? How does that work? Um, coffee play companies. Guitar with it. The only one that I've bum, considered bum, 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 bum. recently, because look, I'm I'm about to build a recording studio in my basement that costs a lot of money. I'm <laughs> taking on some sponsors here and there. Um, and I don't know if I should even talk about it because it'll be free advertising for them. But there's a VPN company that reached out that I'm actually a customer of. And I have been for like a few years now. I, I sure. started using VPNs when I um, was on the road and traveling a lot in hotels and everything. So they I, I actually kind of considered because it was like, well, I'm already using your stuff. And I actually think there's some. But I haven't decided on that that's kind of a weird thing i mean there's definitely been a few people that reached out and i liked their product um but it was so unrelated to anything that i do like it does it just doesn't make make sense and i don't want to be bound by anything like hey we sent you all this stuff yeah and you're not wearing it or whatever it's like yeah you have to be careful with that that's why i always tell companies specifically gear companies that hey Feel free to, I'd love to check out X thing, this new guitar. I'd love to check it out, but I'm not going to promise that I'm going to make a video. It may never show up on my channel. If I don't like it, if I don't think it's good, it's never going to show up. Um, And I'm not going to do a sponsored like review demo unboxing. Like, let's talk about how great this thing is, you know, Um, right. If it's a hot new product, that there's a lot of buzz around and I think is cool. I'll do like a review on it, like an unbiased review, but I, I've had that a lot where companies email me and say, Hey, we'd love you to review this product and uh, we'll give you the product and then pay you. And then here's what we want you to say about the product. And it's like, that's not a review. That's a, <laughs> that's a demo, but yeah, they want it yeah. to be, to be, um, to be posted and featured like it's a review. And it, I'm not going to do that. But yeah. to each their own, you know. Well, uh, so how was how has your week been? Week's been good. We picked up uh, Black Betty from the shop today. That's what we named the truck. Oh, it's the 87 C10. Mamalam. Um, and I, I found out that I think, well, I don't think I know that at some point the truck was in an accident. And Of course it previous, was. Yeah. And <laughs> so it's doing that thing where the steering wheels cocked to the left a little bit. You can't straighten it out because the passenger side steering knuckle is bent. Um, but 
eventually I think I'm going to have, I want to lower the truck and I want to LS swap it. Basically I want like a 600 horsepower badass street truck. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think we're just going to leave it now because all that stuff. But when it drives down the road, when you're riding behind it, you can kind of tell the left side of the, I think the frames a little bit, if I'm honest, right. It kind of right. bums me out, but you know, if there's any truck experts in the, in the comments of the chat, um, how easy is that to fix? Is that something mm-hmm. you even fix? Is it even worth fixing? I don't know, but I'm sure we'd have to ask, uh, Casey. I'm betting yeah. you know. Yeah. But other than that, uh, week was good. Oh, I forgot to mention last week I bought I bought my first 412 cabinet ever. Oh, what kind? Uh, Marshall 412, oversized 412 from the uh, Hendrix stack. Oh, I got cool. a Well, I got a really good deal on it. I bought it from Righteous, and it wasn't for sale because it's actually broken. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole story behind it. Uh, they ordered one, and it got crushed in shipping. So they sent that back. Then they ordered a second one as a replacement that also got crushed in shipping, which is this one. So uh-huh. the bottom corner, the bottom left corner of the cab with uh, the joint, whatever type of joint that is, is actually like broken. So um, it's not in good condition, uh-huh. but it's got Heritage Greenback 25s, UK made greenbacks. It's the cab. So my plan is it's uh-huh. going to be a studio cab that doesn't tra- uh, tra- travel anywhere. And I'm just going to glue it back together and send some wood screws up through the bottom to kind of screw it back together and just mic it up, leave it in the studio. Yeah, it should be fine. I mean, you can always open it up and put like, um, you know, some sort of little L bracket on the inside too, uh, just to reinforce it. I don't think the bottom corner is really going to have that much (laughs) impact on whether or not it sounds. There's a lot of sound escaping out of that bottom well, I was when I was pulling. I think it's more structural than sonic because when when I was pulling it out of the back of my truck, I pulled it from the bottom. It was laying down. I pulled it from the bottom, and oh, literally the bottom no. panel of the cabinet started to like slip off. I mean, it's like broken. I bought a broken yeah. Marshall four twelve, but I got a really <sighs> good deal on it, so it'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just put uh, once you fix it, get one of those plates with caster, like like a just a board with casters on it, so it sets on that. Yeah. You have to move it. Oh, it's not going to move. Like it, once. Once the studio's set up, it's going to live in an amp vault, like a cabinet vault, sort of what like Tim yeah. Pierce has, and it's not going to move. It's just going to stay mic'd up. So that's cool. I uh, I have been seeing there's there's a similar. I don't think it's the tall cab, but it's of that same sort of style. The vintage. Um, I don't know if it's basket weave or whatever. The you know the sixties, uh, late sixties looking Marshall cabs uh, reissues on. Craigslist here in town and they want to trade a deluxe reverb for it. And, right. um, I, I brought my Victoria to the shop and that just like, I mean, smokes my deluxe reverb reissues. Cool. It's great. Right. You know, for what it is, but the Victoria right. makes that thing sound like a toy. Right. And I thought, man, big Marshall cab. I could get a head. I don't know. That sounds really cool. But yeah, I, um, we, we, we've been killing it. McKinley and Jeff have been knocking out all the boards. I've been winding some new pickups. Oh, I can't show you. It's like it's a secret. <laughs> the things it's that I've secret. been doing. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. But I've been winding new pickups. I got really discouraged. Um, I because, know you told me. Yeah. So for those out there in internet land, um, I'm the kind of person that I go headlong into something, and when I fail, it really it really bothers me. And I know mm-hmm. it's like I've wound at this point, I've wound seven pickups mm-hmm. 
that's nothing. That's yeah, nothing. That's that's barely after if I when I made seven pedals, I was I didn't even know what I was doing yet. And so the same thing. I mean, I feel like I should know, but I made one the other day, and it just both coils. I, I don't know how I wound them wrong directions, so it was out of phase with itself. <laughs> and then when I tried to fix it, it made it even worse. And so, so what are you uh, doing with all these pick? Uh, like you just toss it in the trash because, or do you pull it back no. apart and reuse the bobbin and stuff like that? Well, if it's just a coil, that's like the wrong direction. I, I take the coils off and I save them because they're all taped up. Right. I just need to note this one's clockwise. This one's counterclockwise. So it Got goes it. with the right coil. Um, but I had a counterclockwise and a clockwise one and yeah, they, they, it doesn't work on a single humbucker. If it was a normal pickup, it would just be out of phase with itself. Like, or if it was just like a single coil, it'd be out of phase with another coil. And that's like, okay. But um, I got really discouraged. And then I started twink- tinkering with some other other stuff I'd worked on. and ended up wanting another one that sounded actually really interesting and, and good in, in a non-traditional way. So I, it, it like put me down in the dumps like hard. Cause I right. just felt like so defeated, but, um, you felt so but, defeated. You're like my wife, which is you, you pick up something that you're brand new at and then you're not amazing at it the first time you do it. <laughs> and so you get pissed off and don't want to do it anymore. Well, I, it's not like, I know I, I'm the first person to dive head first into something and try anything. Cause I'm not really afraid of failing, um, at things I don't know how to do when it's, like not that important to me, but when it is something that I'm really excited about and I fail at it, um, you know, if I'm just trying at something I've never done before, that's just like on a whim, usually it's not so bad, but like, I really want to be good at this. Right. And it just, it's just like a gut punch, but I got out of that, but uh, everything else is pretty normal. So just lots of soldering and uh, lots, I, of, I, lots of destiny. I've been lots of destiny too, but I've also been, uh, scratching the surface of the Shoyles fuzz. Oh yeah, we've been kicking so, that around. Uh, Are we ready to start uh-huh. talking about that yet, or what? No, okay, it's not. All right, so. all right. Somebody in the chat here. Uh, let's see here. Was saying you could have uh, Mythos Christmas tree ornaments. For sale. Oh, <laughs> take all your bad pickups and just sell them as uh, ornaments for this this year's holiday season. <laughs> right, just a just a bobbin with wire. It <laughs> or is just a really... whole pickup. And then oh you my just, God. <laughs> just the, the pull PAF. the branches down. <laughs> it uh, it is very um, the, it, the the worst feeling is when you wind a, a bobbin and it's it doesn't work or or you messed up the wine really bad and you just have to take a, a really sharp knife and plunge it into the coil wire and just cut it off because you can't unwind it. It's you, you just know, sit there all day thousand, unwinding. It's, <laughs> it's five it's five thousand ish turns. Like what are you going to do with this? So yeah, you just have to cut it out and then pull out all this wire and you're like, oh man, that's like all that you know, so many so much money that you just like literally recycling Threw away. or throwing away. Well, I get a, a rig to dip. Shall we dip a rig? John Barwick in the chat has a name rec- uh recommendation for the Shoyles fuzz. Oh yeah. The S H one Z. Oh yeah, he said that he mentioned that in um <laughs> my life from the shiz the shiz <laughs> oh i love uh, it oh cool. here's, right, here we go here's a, cool here's rig. a rig so this is from graham spurrier from shropshire in the uk he says i'd like to apply shropshire. to have my my rig dipped please i think i'm saying that right 
Shropshire? Um, Shropshire. Shrop, uh, it's got to be Shropshire. Shropshire. Shropshire? Man, Shrop, that's, Shropshire. I think that's where those hobbits are from. <laughs> well, they are from a shire. In that, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shropshire. So uh, he says, I'm hoping to get the lowest score of a Shoyles awarded so far. <laughs> so here goes. Uh, he's, uh, he's 73. He's on a state pension, so he can't afford gear. So he's like making, making do with, with everything. This is he's a got. pretty cool rig for <laughs> someone that apparently can't afford anything. This is, I don't know that I believe that. <laughs> so, uh, he's got a bad back, so he's got to go with a lightweight solid state head and cab. So, yeah. uh, he's got a DV mark head and cab. That's easy and uh, easily, to, easy to move and loud enough for his purposes. And he says it does have a tiny valve in it. Um, the pedal board is a gradually evolving thing. Uh, I think the looper was a recent addition and his guitars are put together from various um, cheap bits and pieces he picked up from local shops. So they have a, a really unique um, uh, like catalog guitar look that that's all uh, putting that been put together. Um, let's see. Rejected. That's what it says on the headstock on the right one. And then, oh. Uh, there's some copper, more pictures. Copper caster. Okay. There's some, some more pictures. I'll, I'll put I'll put in the actual uh, the video. But my I'm I'm running today's live stream off of my uh, phone hotspot, so I'm not I'm not gonna risk <laughs> downloading a small JPEG. Um, but yeah, so he said that his um, the dark brown guitar is is made from scaffold board, finished by setting fire to it, wire rushing it, and then waxing it. Dude. And then the pickup is a is like a cheap pickup that he upgraded by changing the magnets uh, to Alnico from ceramic. He says sounds good to him, and um, yeah, just some really interesting stuff. So yeah, let's talk okay. about this. Okay, this there's so much record. happening with this guitar. With let's talk about the brown guitar first here. We're gonna spend a minute on this, which usually yes. we just kind of gloss over some of the guitars, but this is cool. All right, so looks like kind of general parts caster sort of jazz master esque kind of shape here. Um, uh, notice the sticker on the pick guard is black bomber cheese company. <laughs> Snowdon Snowdonia extra mature cheddar. And then just a single, I guess uh humbucker. He said he swapped those magnets out in that humbucker for ceramic magnets. No, he say swapped them from ceramic to like an A5. Oh, okay, good. Great. That's, that's the right move. I was going to d- deduct points if it had gone the other way. Um, <laughs> Nice large volume knob here with some interesting oh, yeah. sort of is that a horseshoe on there? No, it's too round. It, it I don't know. Dude, this is cool. And then and then it, the custom engraving on the headstock there where the custom nameplate looks like rejected on the top. Yeah. <laughs> I it's like neat. this. It's kind of got Jazz Master meets the Pickguard's very Firebird-esque. Right. Kind of like uh non-reverse Firebird. But it's got the Jazzmaster tremolo uh, that's really close to the bridge. So, um, yeah, the, the trim is like right up against the bridge. Yeah, but maybe right that was. It. But if you look, the breakover angle of the string over the the saddle there is much steeper than your typical Jazzmaster. So that actually might work in this guitar's right. favor. Yeah, so it's it's pretty it's unique. I mean, it's like it's, it's cool. It's got a vibe. It's got a steampunk kind of thing going on. That's the best way I could describe it. Yeah, there's um, there's a company called Postal Guitars. I think they may be out of Memphis, and uh, we always we had them at Carter Drink. Drink, and um, 
they they use like all these found objects for like knob surrounds and even for the pickups and stuff stuff off mailboxes uh doorknob uh like the base of a doorknob uh like a brass thing this that goes is, underneath the knob itself for the knobs. It's really wacky, but this reminds me of that only I enjoy this a lot more because those guitars are a little too much. Yeah. And so we, the other guitar is a strat ish style body, which I originally thought was, was a metal body. Yeah. It looks like a true start. Yeah. Oh, notice the input Jack or the output Jack. Sorry. is upside down. Yeah. It's that's backwards. a cool mod. That's a cool mod. And then I guess that's the giant volume knob on the on the pick guard, the metal mesh pick guard. <laughs> I, I hope that's a volume knob because that is super cool. Dude, um, this is it rad. looks like. Yeah, it looks like he's got like above the saddles. It looks like there's some more of that metal mesh. Right. And then just a single the gold foil in, in, in the middle position there over the gold mesh pick guard. I imagine uh-huh. that would suck if you like ran your hand into it or something. Yeah, it's hopefully like you hit that grater. with a file. <laughs> yeah, maybe you got your something. tetanus shot or something going on. Uh, uh, and then the copper caster engraving them, dude. Honestly, this uh, major points for both of these guitars. Th- this is probably the coolest, most unique DIY uh, parts caster style builds I've seen. Yeah, if you're gonna go th- that route, it's so safe and boring just to make a a normal looking strat. So why not make something interesting? And it, it gives me mule and Trussart vibes. It's very, yeah. very cool. Yeah, I love it, man. I really, really love those guitars. Uh, now let's talk about the pedal board here. So mm-hmm. we've got a, a mini wah, Dunlop mini wah, regular uh, polytune. Now, what is this mosaic? I feel like Digitech the mosaic, mosaic. It, it's like a, doesn't it uh, kind of convert things to sound like a 12 string? I don't know. It says level and tone on it. So that might be a drive. No, it's not a drive. I, I remember that thing when it came out. The chat can correct me, but I think it's like a 12-string simulator. Um, Interesting. It's a 12-string pedal. Yeah, okay. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, yeah. And, and then he's got some Tone City stuff. There's the Durple, Danish Pete. Yep. Love you, Pete. We miss you. Love you, Pete. Uh, and I, I don't know you. what that other one is. Pete's not dead. He's... He's I miss hanging out with him. Oh. He, he and I send we send each other messages all the time on Instagram, and he's he's always like, "Miss you, man." You know, because <laughs> I follow him on TikTok, I, and it's a good follow. If you're on oh, if you're on TikTok, go go check out Danish Pete's uh, page. Pete is he's he's one of the best people in the industry. Like, I would agree with that. I don't even know him I, super well, but the few interactions I've had with him have always left me feeling like, "What a great dude!" Yeah, I I genuinely love the guy. He is. He's awesome. But anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not sure what that other. I'm not either. Other tone God, city, the black and this. green. Well, let me, let me pull up on these pictures. <laughs> then we got an MXR carbon copy delay. We got a, an M5, the line six M5 stereo modeler. Now these are the Stompbox modeler. Sorry. These are really cool. You had the M5, the M9, and the M13. These are sort of the predecessor to the helix and HX line. And these mm-hmm. M like, especially the M9 and the M13, um modded versions were and still are a staple on a lot of nashville studio session player boards uh like the one and only tom bukovac for example i think he uses an m9 or did for a long time oh yeah well i mean it's like you're trying to get one sound off a record for just like a couple bars or something so you gotta 
you do something like that and boom, you're covered no matter yep. what you got going on. That and little, think, the other tone city is an all spark booster. Oh, got it. Okay, cool. And then the little EQ pedal up there. You know what? This is a pretty full featured board here. Uh, yeah. Stereo looper. That's cool. I'm, I'm not a big loop guy myself, looper guy, you know, but that's, that's cool. It's a fun practice tool. It's a fun creative tool. A lot of people use it. Let's talk about this DV mark amp. I have never played one of these. I have played, I've plugged into like the bass amp versions but i've never played a guitar one um so yeah it's the dv micro 50 cmt is that what it is i think i'm looking yeah. at the yep. other image um looks like it's like a two channel got an overdrive channel clean channel uh reverb i mean here's i'm sure it's pretty serviceable for yeah. most things yeah you know what I know that he said he's looking for the lowest score, but <laughs> but here's the deal. This is a great rig, especially yeah. for a home player, you know, someone who's working on a budget, you, major, major, major props for putting together a rig of this magnitude uh, and, and that covers this much ground for being, as they said, broken on a budget. Right. Um, this is really respectable, especially the two guitars, incredibly creative incredibly cool so unique i love it i'm gonna give this rig 8.8 shoils oh damn ding 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 this is Uh, it's great it's super cool and i think you know there's something to be said about uh like working within your means and and like make like accomplishing what you want to accomplish as a musician and as an artist because like ultimately a lot of us are like we we're artists you know uh you have a vision of be it your instrument or your music or whatever and you like sometimes just making these things helps get that creativity out of you but also like the dv mark stuff super lightweight this is incredibly gigable the pedal board covers a lot of ground the durple for an overdrive have you ever played one no it's great (laughs) It's great. It's forty dollars. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's man. Right. Um, I'm right there with you. The only the only things I would worry about would be because sometimes when you're use, doing found um, part caster sort of builds, is setups can be a little suspect. But I mean, these like it doesn't appear that the action is high or anything. They look very well set up. Yeah, then so, from to what have I can that tell, much detail put into the builds and every little little thing thought about like that i imagine these things play pretty well yeah i i think it's this is very cool i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a 7.9 i don't i i I really think it's neat uh and very creative so yeah not the lowest score yet not not by a long shot what is the lowest score i don't even remember i don't know i I play bass would have to be yeah i play bass if you're in the chat let us know yeah uh, maybe, maybe we need a, uh, a rank. Well, like we do in discord, you can, you can type uh what is it? Exclamation point rank. We need to do that in the, in the comments here. Somebody in the comments Wait. posted up. Someone, I was doing a live stream earlier today and someone mentioned you should have like a, uh, just go through the rigs we've dipped again and may, maybe we should have like the best of, yeah, you know, do a hall of fame. Dipped thing yeah well that's one thing we should do so we've been kind of kicking around the idea on this channel on the youtube channel of posting some other types of videos that aren't just the show and i think some highlight stuff would be cool 
uh, maybe some short stuff, but that would be cool. Maybe we could have some my, somebody go through and, and edit out all the different rig dipping, and we could just have a, a rig dip Hall of Fame. Maybe that's a seasonal thing we do on every season. Right. Oh, yes. God, it's getting hot in this room. Okay. It's probably that hot spot. <laughs> hey, look out. Hot spot? What? Look out. Your phone hot spot. Oh. <laughs> God, Jesus. Sorry. I'm Forget dead. I even I, said I, it. I really... Uh, I fl- I've tried to make a joke last night on Destiny. And I completely I just basically fell asleep <laughs> yeah, at the end of it. You did. <laughs> My God. Uh, he said he was sentence. talking about it was like well, some some. Oh, I'm not going to say it, but it was <laughs> it was so it was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, okay. hey, if you want to submit your rig to get dipped on next week's episode, you have to be a patron. So you can sign up for our Patreon in the description box down below and then email us at dipped in tone. Is it dipped in tone pod at gmail.com? It's dipped in tone at gmail. That's it's great. I was testing you and you passed. Good job. All right. What are we, uh, what are we talking about today? So Tyler Hall in the live stream earlier mentioned small amp versus big amp. And I kind of me thinking maybe we should just have a discussion about wattage. Like what's appropriate for what? your amp? What? <laughs> what? What? Yeah, that's great. I feel like that joke would have worked if only one of us said it. But the fact that both of us said it multiple times, it kind of. Maybe we can just edit that out. We'll just edit it down to one of us saying it. Now, here's what's going to happen. Picture closer, 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 closer. Got it. Okay. Milton, leave it all in. (laughs) Leave it in. Nice. Yeah. So amp wattage. It's a it's a fair question. And it's a question that uh, confuses a lot of people. Yes. Because it's kind of an elusive thing. We talk about this all the time. Like my divided by 13s. Fred claims that the RSA 23 is 23 watts. And if that's (laughs) if that amp is 23 watts, then I'm not as deaf as I thought I was because it will peel paint. Yeah. In ways that a 15 or 20 watt amp uh, like a Fender Blues Junior is 18 watts, right? Some 15 to 18 watts 15 ish yeah 18-ish. okay there's there is way more than a five watt difference between a blues junior and an rsa 23 okay so yeah. wattage amp wattage can be sort of an elusive kind of confusing thing especially when you're in the amp market like what do i what do i need how, how much is too much how much is not enough and it can kind of it can kind of make or break an amp for you i think yeah it, i mean Cause it's beyond just how loud you are. You know, there's so much of wattage is how you connect with how an amp feels and how it responds to you as a player. So getting to know what works for you as a player and what is appropriate, you know, for most situations, uh, I think is a journey that we all have to kind of go down to really know where we have to live as a player. Right. when you so think let's, about, let's, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, let's pick a, a couple of different categories of player and and maybe recommend some amp wattages to start for those type of players. Maybe we start with like a home player and let's stick with two yeah. amps for now because class D solid state is a, a different thing, right? It's it's yeah. not quite the same as, as tube watts or valve watts mm-hmm. for our uh, English friends. Right. And, and, the the term bedroom amp, um, I think it's really confusing because yeah. a, like a like a Fender Champ, five watts, right? 
is loud. Mm-hmm. If you're in a small room, uh, it's typically way more than what most people will need. But at the same time, like like volume wise, but at the same time, it's so limited in its function. I feel like for the average player too, because it's going to break up really quick. It doesn't have, you know, it's, it's not a very versatile style of amp. So when you think of a bedroom amp, especially a tube amp, that's hard. Like where, where, yeah. where does your mind go? Um, an attenuator or DI, because at that right. point, at that point, any amp sort of becomes a bedroom amp, but that's not helpful in this conversation at this point. So right. if we, if we're look, strictly looking at, an amp that one would play in their bedroom. Um, there's a couple of things to look at. In fact, I made a, a video on this on my channel a few, a year ago, two years ago, whenever it was. And I believe in that video, I talked about wattage, but also feature set. So yeah. for a bedroom amp, I personally probably wouldn't pick anything remotely close to or louder than 20 Watts. 20 Watts oh, is a loud amplifier. Um, yeah. Just across the board, 15 watts is a loud guitar amplifier. A 15 watt 112 combo will move some air. And if you're yeah. worried, if you're in a bedroom situation where you're worried about neighbors or you're worried about your family and, and yeah, 10 to 15 watts is a lot. The trade off, though, is when you start getting into five watt amps or single ended amps, right? An amp that just has a, a single power tube, a single 6v6, for example. It's not just about volume. It's also about headroom. So it becomes what type of amp are you looking for? Do you want an amp that's pedal friendly and has high headroom? Well, then maybe you look for a 15 watt amp that's got a decent master volume on it that you can turn down and the amp's not going to break up and start compressing. Or does that not matter to you? You're a real meat and potatoes kind of guitar player. You want to plug straight in with a boost pedal or fuzz and just kind of go after it. Right. I mean, depending on what you how you play you know, like how you approach getting your sound is a big part of it. Having, having an amp that small with a good master volume is huge or having an amp that can go down, you know, to like a you know fraction of a watt, mm-hmm. like some of those uh, Vox amps. And I mean, a lot of people make amps that are switchable down to, you know, like half a watt. In uh, fact, I really like, um, so there's a few amps that I think do this incredibly well. Um, one is Morgan. Morgan's mm. power scaling feature, I think, is really, really, really great for this. I have an AC20 Deluxe I've had for years. Um, and the thing I like about that is you can effectively turn down the wattage from a full 23 watts down to essentially half a watt. Uh, and it's not stepped. It's variable. It's basically like a master volume pot that's turning it down. And it does do a good job of keeping most of your tone intact. It's not the same as, as when the amp is wide open, but it does do a good job of being able to play more quietly. Um, also I have the, the victory share of 22, you know, the little, the smaller version and that has a, uh, step down. In fact, let me, let me see what the wattage is. Stand by here. Right. I think I've gone full blown potato vision again. Oh, Okay, so the Sheriff has a low power output on the back. It doesn't have a switch. So normally this is like a 22-watt Marshall-style amp 
I think this thing sounds really good. Um, and then on the back, if you can see here, there's a low power speaker output that is 0.3 watts. And I've used this before, and it is drastically quieter. That is truly a bedroom volume right there. Right. Where you can play at home through a speaker cab, and you're not going to piss off your wife or your kids. Right. Yeah, and, and I feel like, I mean, honestly, I think for most people, and I, I know I've gone back to potato vision here, uh, uh, having a tube amp for practice, I don't think it's necessary. I agree. All. I agree. Uh, that's not in today's world, not with modelers, not with even, you know, pedals, even you have some headphones or, or something, you can get a pretty cheap solid state amp and, and get by just fine playing quietly at home. Yep. But I guess the bigger conversation is for those of us who like to play with our friends, maybe do small gigs. Um, Cause I think the divide is small, easy to move gigging amp versus like bigger, like a, a professional, semi-professional uh, style amp, like where, where do wattages work for that? But for most of us, it's going to be practice with friends, jamming and doing small local club gigs and gigs like that. Right. What do you think is the first thing that you should look for as a player for figuring out what kind of wattage works uh, in that sort of situation? Well, if you're, if you're just looking at wattage, so you've kind of settled on what type of amp you might like, you know, combo head, whatever, what type of circuit it is. Um, I think it comes down to to feature set more than wattage. So any 15 watt amp, any 20 watt amp, I think is going to be more than loud enough to get you through 99% of any gigging situation you would ever find yourself in. People yeah. seem to be concerned with like, oh, can it can it get over a drummer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a... Yeah. Uh, you know, my Tweed Deluxe, a 112 Tweed Deluxe is loud enough to get over just about any drummer. Um, yeah. So I think it's less about that. And it's more about if if you're describing that type of player, that type of player is going to find themselves in a lot of different situations. They're going to be playing, you know, maybe once or twice a year. They do their local like music festival or something where they're on a bigger stage where it's a professional production. Then, you know, two or three times a month, they might be playing a local bar gig or some kind of outdoor venue. And then they're in rehearsal and then they might have a church gig and then they're playing at home. So if they need one amp to kind of do all of that, I would look for an amp that has some kind of power scaling or half power feature, a switch, uh, a specific output, which a lot of amps do nowadays. Like my Amp Nation, the Wonderland Overdrive has a half power switch. Yeah. Um, the Morgan has power scaling. There's Supro does stuff. Uh, Dr. Z does stuff that has half power stuff. Mesa. There's plenty of amps out there that give you that option of like turning down the output power. The old school way of doing it is like, if you have a hundred watt Marshall, you take what one power tube out, two power tubes out, make it a 50 watt Marshall. Um, yeah. You can pull the outer inner two sometimes depending. Yeah. So I would, that's what I would say is like, rather than trying to target a specific wattage number, uh, I would look for a feature set. Does it have a good master volume? Does it have a DI out? Does it have power scaling or half power feature? I think that's really important. Yeah, and I mean, people in the chat have been saying, you know, talk about speaker efficiency and all that stuff too. And that is a huge, you know, running a, a lower wattage amp through a bigger cabinet is a big part of 
how loud you are perceived. Um, uh, Dave Jordan's talking about 100% depends on what style of music you're playing. And he says he plays punk and shoegaze stuff. 20 watts would not keep up with his drummers. I, I feel like in a live situation, a 20 watt amp is it's pretty damn loud. I mean, yeah, 20 I, watts I don't I don't loud. necessarily agree with that, Dave. I play with I play with Ian Guthrie is probably the loudest drummer you would ever play with and it's good loud like he he it's musical loud right he knows what he's doing but ian's a loud drummer and i can get over ian with a 20 watt amp on stage um i mean it does depend you know are using a single channel amp and need to stay clean you know right 20 watts might not work exactly that's another consideration is if like you want to get over a drummer with like glassy clean tone well then, yeah, you might need like a hundred watt, fifty or hundred watt amp. Yeah, right. You might look at a high watt or a, a, a Port City or um, friend of the show Eric Zapata from Gary Clark Jr.'s band. He's got one of the new Two Rock steel string. Uh, what is that called? The Sterling Sterling something. Uh huh. Yeah. It's like what one hundred and fifty watts or something like yep. that. Or there is a hundred fifty watt option. Yes. Yeah. They're they're obscenely loud. I mean. Yeah. You know. There's. Because uh, it's the steel string singer derivative and and Dumble Land, which was a two hundred watt Dumble right. amp, uh, just crazy. But you know, I gigged for years with a Maz eighteen, and it was a two twelve. But that thing was, I, I could do anything with that right. that amp. I played bar gigs, I played outdoor gigs, I did everything. But you know, it's ultimately, I think, like feature set is super important. Ultimately, it's how how you want to sound though. And and how how well you work in a band situation. There's nothing more frustrating than playing a gig with another guitar player, especially who just brought the wrong rig. And yeah. that you know because you know I I did a wedding gig once. I had my Maz 18. It was just it was the amp I took everywhere. Mm-hmm. Perfect. The other guy had a hundred watt two rock half stack, and it was it was impossible to hear anything other than that amp it was it was so bad yeah there's a lot of considerations to make i mean and that's why we go back to this idea of like well what's the use case so we've talked about the home player who unless unless you just want an amp because you're into tube amps and that's your thing then get whatever you want like play a hundred watt marshall stack at home if you want there's nothing wrong with that right um Unless you have volume considerations, in which case buy an ox or buy a torpedo, buy some yeah. kind of or buy an attenuator. I'm a big fan of the Tone King Iron Man attenuators. They're amazing. Um, but for people that are looking for an amp to gig with and to work with. So we've gotten the sort of every weekend warrior, every man kind of rig, which is you need to find something that is versatile and can work in a lot of different situations. And in that, I would tell you to err on the side of a slightly lower wattage. So I'd look for something in the 18, 20, maybe 30 watt range that you can turn down. Because if you ever needed to be louder than that, I don't think you'd ever need to be louder than a 20 watt or an AC 30, for example. AC 30s are punishing. They're so loud. They're too loud for most gigs that that I've ever played. Um, And so, you, you know, you don't need a 50 or 100 watt amp unless you are wanting big glassy high headroom clean tones that are never going to break up and you're not going to mic the amp up which is also kind of an unrealistic (laughs) 
sort of thing right. to, to consider now. So yeah, I would say something in the 15 to 20 watt range that you can power scale, you can turn down, you can attenuate in some way is going to get you through basically everything. Aside from right. that, uh, you have players like me that are working players who are also playing a wide variety of gigs over the course of a normal gigging year, like pre COVID. Um, I would play everything from a hundred cap listening room club that was like an acoustic room to basketball arenas and everything in between. And so I have basically two types of amp. I have a small low-ish wattage combo that I can kind of tame down like my Tweed Deluxe. Um, and then I have my big amps like my divided by 13s. Cause when you're on those big festival stages, you're on those big, uh, you know, arena stages or whatever, or even like big clubs, you can get away with a big heavy hitting amp. That's going to move some air. Um, as long as you're the rest of the band is okay with it. And so the way I get around that is by using a shield. I have one of those clear sonic shields to keep the amp from firing straight into front of house. Yeah. Uh, VT jumper in the chat said, I love having an amp that's really loud, but playing quietly something about how the notes come out and that headroom thing I'm right there with you. And one of the reasons why amps like two rocks and, and stuff are so good is because you turn the input gain low, the master up, then you have that sort of the, the it, it's, it's alive at that yeah. point. I mean, usually ro- choking out your master. I mean, it does what it has to do uh, to serve the purpose of, you know, not decapitating people, but being able to really crank an amp and, and there's something to be said about having those style amps that has the headroom and the power that you can just, I feel like a lot of people overlook keeping their master all the way up and then mm-hmm. their input gain all the way down mm-hmm. and just using it like a single channel amp. Cause to me, that's the secret. And I would rather in most situations have an amp that could, could go way beyond what I'd need. And, yeah. and uh bum force mentioned what, what's a home player who's wanting to start playing live need to be. And I think you just touched on that. Um, but I think that's a good option. Having something that has the flexibility to push beyond the, the volume capabilities you would ever need, but can retain that, or you can kind of reel it back and, uh, and crank up the input gain and get a little bit more push out of it. And that's the thing that I think the point of this conversation is to say, not necessarily focusing on wattage as a number. And yeah. because you can't you can't empirically say that, oh, a 10 watt amp is not loud enough to get over a drummer because there's so many variables that play there. Yeah. What's the drummer sound like? What room are you playing in? What's the stage like? How what type of amp is it? How what type of tone are you going for? There's so many variables there that you cannot say that even a 50 watt amp is too loud for a small club. Or a hundred watt amp is too loud for a small club because there's there's other things you can do to kind of tame those down. There's also this idea that wattage is not always directly proportional to loudness and volume. No. And if you've ever played, um, in fact, uh, the other day I was making a video uh, with Rick that we didn't have time to finish, and I hope we do have time to finish it because I think it's going to be a really fun video. But basically, the idea is we're playing every amp on his amp wall. If you see the background uh-huh. of his his video. People think that's like a green screen or something. So we were like, right. why don't we just pull every amp down and we'll play them. And on that amp wall, there's 100 watt marshals. There's 
20 watt high watts. There's everything in between, you know, 20 watts and 100 watts there. And we were literally pulling a head down, putting it through the same cab one right after another, right after another. And you pull down, you play a 100 watt Marshall JMP that was dimed and it's loud. But then you pull down a 20 watt high watt custom 20 that's also dimed and it's also loud. And the difference in the room is not a, a difference of volume of, you know, whatever the percentage difference between 20 and 100 is. I don't well, know. But. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, audio is logarithmic, uh, how we perceive it. And I think the decibel difference between like 50 and 100 watts is like three decibels or something. It's a very small number and it's more, it's just headroom. It's just the feel and the response of the amp. Right. Because like, I, I much prefer, Honestly, I mean, I have a lot of my amps are lower wattage. Um, I mean, the loudest amp I have is the two rock and it's 40 watts, which is still like beyond loud. loud. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But that's my favorite sort of the 40 to 50 watt range, like feel wise is my favorite. But I love the tone of a like the way you can drive, you know, a 20 ish watt amp. But well, um, there is something that happens with higher wattage amps. Um, I call it the thud or the thump which is when you've got a, a big amp with, you know, pushing a lot of power going through like a 412 or 212 cab. And when it's moving that much air, there is something to this idea of like, uh, sorry, I'm getting blown up here on my phone, but angels getting their wing. The, uh, the transient of the note, it, it, it's like a concussion. It hits you in your chest. And from a musical perspective, from a player's perspective, like that, takes you somewhere else that that's why right. people love big marshals and, and stacks. I saw the black crows this weekend. I should have said that my, my what happened this week. Cause it was amazing. I'm a huge yeah. fan of the black crows. They're one of my favorite bands ever. Um, and I got to see them and I luckily had the opportunity. I watched the show from front of house. So standing right at the mixing console, watching the show and rich Robinson's rig was one of the most biblical beautiful things I had ever seen. He was, um, it was three amps. It was a original blues breaker combo that apparently he had just bought that day from rusty Anderson and it had just gotten delivered that night for the show. It was a hand wired AC 30 and a Marshall major going through a two twelve cab. All three amps were on the whole time and all three amps were dimed. And when they did the changeover from the opening band to the um, to the Black Crows, the front of house guy, Dave Natal, who uh, was friend of, of mine and Rick's and invited us to the show. He was very gracious and he had the guitar tech. He's like, check this out. He had the guitar tech play Rich's rig just by itself for a moment. And the, the stage volume, <laughs> we were probably 100 <laughs> yards from the stage and it sounded like the amps were right here. And it was not coming through the mains. It was not coming through anywhere. It's just the stage volume. But when you're moving that much air on stage, the interaction, the the amp becomes part of the instrument. The guitar and the amp are working together to create something. And it was some of the best guitar tone I've ever seen of any live show ever. It was amazing. Man, I, I hope that Bluesbreaker had replaced speakers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what well, happened. Well, because the, the originals, or the speakers are way underpowered. The few times I've played that amp like that that's one of the best sounding amps ever i love uh, it so much it, it it's dumb it's dumb i've i've been so fortunate 
to be able to say I've played a burst through a blues breaker, which is just <sighs> like a, a stupid thing to say. But <laughs> um, they, the speakers are like, they're El Nico and very, I think they're 15 watts each. So it's, you know, 30-ish. Did, did that come with Alnico Blues originally? There, uh, there was silver. Oh, like, so they're uh, silver bells or bulldogs. Like yeah, uh, but the, they're like fifteen-ish. They're 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 not loud enough for that amp. Which is, I mean, it's a JTM forty-five with a tremolo, right? Um, so it's not like a crazy loud amp. But <laughs> we should we uh, should get an amp. We should get an amp builder on and have a whole episode talking about like the intricacies yes. of tube amps and how they work and. You know, I know a lot about tube amps, but I don't know nearly enough, especially when it comes to like speaker efficiency and mm-hmm. output transformers and their impact on the sound and yeah. wattage differences and and resistance and, and um, you know, impedance, things like that. There's so yeah. much that goes into the sound and feel and tone and volume of a tube amp that you can't just look at a wattage number and say, oh, well, this amp is louder than this amp. Yeah. Yeah, we maybe we should talk to Nick Greer. Maybe we should talk to Nick Greer. Easy. Hey, maybe we should talk to Nick Greer. Hey, you know, maybe we should talk to Nick Greer. Man, I've been getting the same call. <sighs> you know who I've been talking to recently that I think would be good for this is Nick Greer. Is it Nick Greer? Mm-hmm. Do you know him? I yeah, I think we've spoken once or twice. Well, he's got this pedal company. It's named after himself, which is kind of weird. Greer Pedals, but you know. <sighs> um He's a cool guy. Mm. We should talk to him. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe it's a bad idea. Maybe we should just quit. Maybe. That's a better idea. <laughs> that's a better idea. It'd be easier if we just quit. Uh, well, so I think let, let's end this conversation by saying what if you had to like have one amp and like lived in a wattage range, what works for you in 99% of all? Things. Is it the Tweed Deluxe? Is that the way you would go? If like you, if you could only have one amp and like this is your gigging amp and you, for life, like what would it? What would it be? Well, it's the FTR thirty seven, but I can't say oh. thirty seven watts because there's no way in hell that amp is only thirty seven watts. Maybe it's rated thirty seven watts before any sort of distortion. So yeah, like it's probably clean. pushing. Let's see, because it's Fred pairs that with a two twelve cab that has an Alnico blue and a green back in it. Um, well, that's pretty. So that's not that's super 15 loud. Fifteen watts and greenback is what twenty five. Twenty five thirty, yeah. Okay, so maybe, uh, yeah, it's it's damn loud. It's the loudest damn thirty seven watts. So I would say forty <laughs> to fifty watts for I, me. I'm right. I'm right there with you. I think the forty ish watt range. As much as I, I loved gigging with an eighteen ish watt range amp for years. Having that little bit of extra extra volume, at least headroom, um, not volume. We shit <laughs> the headroom thing um, it is so important to how I feel the guitar giving back to me. I agree with that. So. I think because you know recently I've been gigging with Noah with the Bad Cat Cub Forty. And that's a master volume amp. It's got a really great master volume circuit on it. The way they're doing their master volumes is really good. But uh-huh. that amp through a 212, the, the cab I've got going through is a Port City 212 with vintage 30s. And that tone slaps live. <laughs> and it's loud. It's loud enough to like really push some air and become part of the guitar. But it's not overpowering. 
That's a great. I think 40 to 50 watts is a good place to look. Because yeah. then you can always attenuate. You can always go down from there if the amp has a master volume or, you know, if, if you've got some extra money to throw into it, get an attenuator, yeah. get an aux, get a Captor X. There's so many options now uh, to be able to knock the volume down if you need it. So I, I wonder if we could uh, talk to, to Mike Zeit, Dr. Z himself. Oh, that'd be really cool. Because he, man, talk about a wizard like that guy. Have you ever watched any of his live streams and, and any of his YouTube no. stuff where it's just him talking? It, it, like, hey, he's a he's a great character. He's, he's like he's he's a very well spoken. I would like, like to just talk guy. to him in general. Yeah, yeah. Like aside from uh, the podcast, he he's uh, he would be really cool because he know man. Talk about a guy that knows his stuff. Like, I mean, I love I love like Casey mentioned Ron from Cutthroat Audio. There's so many. There's no shortage of great amp builders, but. Um, It'd be cool to have Dave I, Friedman on too. Like Dave. Or Dave, yeah. Yeah, Dave. Please. I mean, you talk about a guy that knows his stuff. Dude's been doing this for over uh, close to 40 years now, something like that. Yeah. I mean, my God. Well, let's have them all on. We'll have like a. <laughs> and you know what? There's this, there's this thing too with tube amps that I, it's, there's like this just magic sort of wizardry that I think younger generations of players, um, there's so much nuance and minutia that goes with the tube amp world and understanding tube amps and understanding how to, how to dial in tube amps and how to make them work with your rig that younger players who are coming up in the digital world don't know. And I think there could be a, uh, a situation in the not so distant future where this knowledge doesn't necessarily get lost. It just becomes a lot more specialized and uh, old dinosaurs like you and I kind of get, you know, pushed to the back burner a little bit. <laughs> right. Cause I do think we're headed there, man. I do think we're headed to a place where tube amps are no longer used as much live, uh, for, for many reasons. Yeah. Um, and, and they're kind of cost prohibitive in a lot of cases for people to get into them, especially when you can start using just a plug in or a pedal or something as a great and get sounds from that. Um, so long live the tube amp. Maybe I, that's a shirt. Maybe we do. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> I want to write that down. I, um, I do think like, you know, people go on and on and on and on, and this is a whole another conversation and maybe we could save it for whenever we talk to one of these amp builders, but, um, long live the tube amp. Is that what you said? Yeah. Long live the tube amp. Um, but like talking about minutia, like so many people talk about all the importance of NOS parts and pedals, like pedals are operating at nine volts, you know, <laughs> maybe like the parts of them are four and a half volts. There's not a lot of juice flowing through that, but it's in amps, all that stuff. Cause you're running at 120 volts sometimes, you know, like so much more electricity is flowing. And like, that is when all those interactions and those component choices and everything is so much more critical. Yes. Yes. And, and, uh, that's why like I'm sensitive to when you're out playing on the road, you're playing different venues, your, your amps sound different every night because the voltage yep. coming out of the wall is different in different cities. That's why a lot of people will tour with like a Brown box or a Variac or something. Well, to, so that you know, that's one less variable that you have to deal with. And like big, you know, ACDC and I've seen a lot of really big rig rundowns. They have these, these things that will spit out a constant voltage that no matter what's coming in, it's the amps are seeing this because like, you know, of brown box and Variax, you know, those, if the wall changes, it changes. Right. But you know, some of the really big guys, they have these very expensive units that keep like the voltage locked in. But I mean, 
real quick, if you play vintage amps, you owe it to yourself to buy a brown box and just have it. Yeah. Especially if you're gigging where you don't know what is going to be coming out of the wall. Mm-hmm. You want that thing to be running at the right. I mean, honestly, even for you and I, uh, if you know we're gigging with some of the nice stuff we have, you can get way over 120 volts out of a wall. Yeah. So. Um, oh, neither one of my power conditioners have a meter on it. My my firm yeah. in it, my old place has a power conditioner on it or it has the meter on it and yeah. i would regularly see 123 125 volts out of the wall regularly yeah i mean that's or, okay and then it would the, drop down all the way to like 117 116 over the course of a day it was just doing this the whole time right yeah i mean uh, at the shop we would see 135 sometimes like big oh spike God. and we we're plugging it there were a few times where the <laughs> i last story and then we can we can chill and get out um <laughs> Uh, Schiller, get off the pod. That's gonna, uh, but uh, we plugged in a uh, brown panel deluxe, right? And it sounded so good. And I was like, holy shit, what is going on? <laughs> they took it back to the shop and they're like, oh, all the caps are about to die because all the, the voltage coming out of the wall was crazy hot and someone didn't plug it into a brown box. And I was like, uh, yeah, I think that, that so- one was mine. I think I killed the caps in that amp. <laughs> Oh God. Yeah, dude, that's the thing. That's, that's what I'm talking about with all this minutia and details. Like there's so many little things. It's like having an old car. There's so many little things that you, you just, and and modern tube amps, you know, modern stuff is not all, all that bad, but like, especially vintage, like I admittedly haven't played my AC 30 all that much. A, cause it's not here yet. It's still at the other, other place, but I haven't played it all that much because I'm kind of scared. It's so original. And so like (laughs) I'm sort of precious about it. So every time I run it, for example, I have a fan behind it blowing on it because it's before they expanded the vent panels and that generation of AC 30 overheats and melts components. You know, like I only run it through my Variac and I never run it straight into the wall. It's yeah, it's um, you gotta be careful, man. You can, you can break stuff. Absolutely do. Well, do you have a shill of the week? You know what I do? In fact, I'm going to shill oh, this little victory right here. Oh, look at you. Dude, this thing sounds really good. Now, this they is that did the give sheriff? this Yeah, the Sheriff 22. Um, this is the small box version. They do like a full head. I guess it's the 44. Um, they did send this to me last year, 2020. Maybe it's 2019. I may have had this for 2 years now. Um, this is right now the only Marshall style amp I have and it sounds super good. Uh, it's yeah. got two inputs here. So input one is sort of, you know, late 60s, plexi, almost JTM 45 kind of sounds. Channel two is more JMP getting into JCM 800 in terms of the level of gain. And you've got individual volumes for both. So channel one, channel two. I usually just leave it in channel one because I'm I'm a big fan of that 60s Marshall kind of sound. Um, it's got an effects loop on it, which sounds really good and is really useful. Nice. And as aforementioned it has the low output of 0.3 watts and then a small detail that i really like and i wish more tube manufacturer tube amp manufacturers would do are bias points on the back of the chassis oh yeah yep like that's if you're going to service your amp not service your amp but if you're going to change tubes and stuff like that you need to be checking bias and rebiasing and things like that and having the uh the bias adjustment back here is super choice so yeah that's cool yeah they make martin kid Great stuff. Yep. Big I got this. 
Was that a DeWalt pin? This is a gyroscopic electric screwdriver. Whoa. So I, uh, this is the one that I bought new when I moved shops. My, my original one is still in the garage, but it has like the rechargeable battery. Um, and how this thing works, a- after you screw the backs on a couple hundred pedals, you realize quickly, I need an electric screwdriver. Yep. But this thing has a button on it. Yep. But it only turns, let's see if I can, the direction you turn your hand, it'll turn oh, that way. Oh, that's and then crazy. The further you turn, the faster the drill oh. goes, and it works in any direction. So, like, I've used this on, like, changing pick guards and things, too, because it's... Oh, that's rad. It's so cool. The battery lasts forever. Um, and they're, like, 100 bucks. So it's not cheap, no, but, but you can cool. just, um, it's got like a quick change, uh, thing. And one of my favorite tools, this has saved me from developing carpal tunnel. I know. Yeah. And, and <laughs> it can be, I imagine it's got a clutch on it as well. Like a normal drill or do well, you just, it, it has the, you push it like a, um, no, but I'm saying like, like a, to impact, not right? over torque something. Oh, yeah, it'll yeah, it'll uh it 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 feels like an impact wrench. So once okay. it kind of gets too tight, it'll go Yeah, yeah. But it is pretty strong and I have like not paying attention stripped the heads off a few things. Yeah. But um but it's cool cuz also I've used uh if you have a uh, like a drill bit that has, you know, a normal whatever right. these things are called. Uh it'll just pop right in there and so using like step drill bits and things for doing work around the house, uh this these things have helped build so much furniture. Because you can get it into places. I got really cool uh, when Tilly and I got married. Uh, I think my dad got us one of the Dewalt like big drills. Yeah, I forget what the wattage is on it, but it's massive. And mm-hmm. I've gotten into trouble with that thing because it's it's got so much torque that if you don't set the clutch properly on it, it'll it'll strip huh? threads out of stuff. I mean, it's oh yeah, it's crazy how much powerful how how much torque that thing has. So nice, yeah, good shill, yeah. yeah, awesome. Well, well, thanks everyone. This is a good episode. We're here for it. And let us know. Yeah, we might, this might be a good opportunity to bring a first guest on to talk about the inner workings of tube amps. Everything you need to know about tube amps would be a cool. <laughs> yeah. We'll get that in just one hour. We'll <laughs> get it all in. Yeah. And, and if you have any show ideas, any topic ideas, put it in the comments, uh, send us an email. Um, it, the email is not just for rig dipping. We want to, we want to hear from you guys. So yep. any, and, and anybody can email us. You don't have to be a patron to, yeah. to do that. Yeah. So. We'll, we'll read anybody's email. <laughs> just send us your password and, and log in. We'll get right yep. in there and read send it. us your social security, your mother's maiden name, the color of your first car and the That's street it. you grew up on and, uh, what, who you bank with. And <laughs> we will respond to your email. Oh man. I did get a call earlier today that apparently my, but they're canceling my social security number, so I got to call the IRS. So I'm going to do that after we get off. Uh, yeah, yeah. Call the that. Show. Call that person. You probably want to mm-hmm. do. It. I actually legitimately got an email that I'm suspicious of, which it's a PayPal email, but it it looks real, but it's a weird request, and I'm not sure about it. it. It go to your actual PayPal outside of your email, and if it's not there, then it's not real. So. Yeah, it was like, oh, your tax ID number is wrong, and it you need to fix that in order to inter- not interrupt. But it it looks like a real PayPal email, and so I'm I'm I need to go look. As uh, phishing, 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 phishing. Yeah, don't click it. All right, God, I am getting old. Here we go. All right, well, that's it. We'll see y'all next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.